Thank you. So today we're very blessed to have Uncle Jim <laughs> among us. <laughs> and uh, he's going to share the message on work with the Holy Spirit. Okay. And before that, can I uh, invite Ian? Oh, who's doing the scripture reading? Me? Or you? <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> Okay, just give me a minute. Hmm. My Bible app is playing up. No, that's okay. Um, <laughs> I got it now. That's, that's always the case when you. Okay. Chapter one. Twelve. Twenty-six. Okay, this is what the Bible said. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew. James, son of Alphaeus, and son, and Simon, the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field that he fell headlong, his body burst open and all his intestines filled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language Akadama, that is, field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take this place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness 
with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lots fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11th apostles. I'll pass the time to Jim now. I have to move this because I have to look at this screen. All right, that's all right. Hello, everybody. Morning. So I thought about what should I dress or what should I wear this morning, because for the English culture, it should be T-shirt and jean, right? <laughs> so for me, from the Chinese side, will be tie and suit, but that seems a bit too serious. So I thought casual smart or smart casual, but do I look like a waiter in a restaurant? <laughs> I, I, I talked to Auntie Polly this morning, I thought, do I look like a waiter in the restaurant? Is that, she said, oh, yeah, yeah, you look like it. So yes, so I'm here to serve the Lord and I'm here to serve the church, I'm here to serve you. Let's pray. So, dear Lord Jesus, we are here. We're here waiting. We're here listening. Open our eyes. Open our ear. Open our mind. So we can see you, we can hear you, and we will be touched by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Do any of you like watching movie? I watch a lot of movies, a lot. Particularly those action and adventure movies. Have you watched Indiana Jones? National Treasure? Um, Tom Raider? Lara Croft? Right? So some of you may be too young. So that's my age for this movie. So in the movie of Indiana Jones, particularly the one that the last crusade, there was a question about that, um, what kind of cup Jesus, as the king of kings, used? So they have, they have two choices. One is a golden one. One is a wooden one. So what do you think? Now don't tell me. Keep the answer to yourself, right? a golden cup or a wooden cup. So which one will be more likely or more logical for Jesus to use? So we'll come back to this later. Now in all this movie, usually it will give us some clues or hints that the main character has to kind of follow in order to find a treasure. So it is very exciting to watch how they follow all the leads 
to the end and find a treasure. So the excitement of watching all this movie usually will be, you don't know what comes next. You just have to follow one crew at a time and solve one problem at a time. And at the same time that you watch the character or the movie, you know, the main character, try to overcome all those obstacles and dangers. So by the end, they find the treasure. So by the time we start studying the book of Acts, so we can read this book like watching an adventure action movie. Now I hope that the combined book will come back to me and say, Jim, what do you teach to people? You know, what, reading the book of Acts like watching a movie. So I'll tell you why. Why I come up with this idea. So Chris already, last time we already laid a very good foundation and missed the main theme for the book of Acts. So in verse 9, it says that when we receive the power from the Holy Spirit, when they come to us, so we'll become the witness in Jerusalem, in Judah, Samaria, and to the end of the world. All right? And also, Chris, I always say that for the Acts, that we've divided into kind of the, a few sections of chapter 1 to 10, we're talking about the gospel to Jerusalem. And chapter 8 to 12, we're talking about the gospel to Judea and Samaria. And also chapter 13 to 28, talking about the gospel to Rome, like by that time is the end of the world. So in Acts, it's full of action of how human, how men work with the Holy Spirit or how the Holy Spirit work through men to spread the gospel to the end of the world. Now those people involved in you know, the book of Acts, they may not know what happened next. They just follow the prompt of the Holy Spirit. So that's why I said when we read the book of Acts, we like watching the movie, like watching an adventure movie of how the Holy Spirit working with man to spread the gospel. So that's why my today's topic is work with the Holy Spirit. Now, for us to understand the scripture that we just read today, it's easier that we divide it into three parts. <clears throat> so the first one will be uh, verse 12 to 14. It's more like a summary of um, what happened next after the verse 1 to 11. That means that it's more like a bridge between two events. So the first one is that Jesus talked to the apostles uh, disciples and apostles before he rised to the heaven and then the 12 to 14 saying that all right it's more like a bridge what happened next so they and then the next one will be the uh, first 15 to 28 it means the first part of the um the verse 20 is talking about the vacancy the position vacant um by judas and then the last part will be the 20B to 26. So you're talking about um, how they find the replacement for Judas. So I'm going to share with you, according to these three sections, how the Holy Spirit works with us or how we work with the Holy Spirit. 
So just to recap what happened in verses 1 to 11, is after Jesus' resurrection, he appeared to the apostle and his follower about 40 days and told them not to leave Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit to come as promised by God the Father. So as the Holy Spirit will empower them to spread the gospel beyond Jerusalem to the end of the world. So that's the main theme of the book of Acts, just like listed in the verse 8. So the first one I will share with you is the Holy Spirit work through prayer. So when we look at the first section of the, um, the today's scripture, in 12, verse 12 to 14, it told us that how the apostles and also the disciples returned to Jerusalem from the Mount Olives. So we believe that we believe Jesus ascended to heaven from Mount Olives. So let's see how they work with the Holy Spirit. So first of all, do you think going back to Jerusalem was a an easy task? Yes, yes, because only one day's working distance. So because that they you know, allow them to work in in a day in the distance for the Sabbath, so it's not very long. It's a short walk, but it is not. It was not an easy task. Why? Do you know why? Do you remember that Jesus was crucified on the cross as a religious criminal? So he was crucified as a criminal. So all the religious leaders actually gang up to put pressure on Pilate to kill Jesus, even though they were happy to release a murderer, Barabbas. All right? So Jerusalem actually was a place where, the, where all the religious leaders were based. So going back to Jerusalem means going back to danger, a place that they can be easily caught, prosecuted, and also executed because they were the follower of Jesus. So going back to Jerusalem actually was not an easy task. So however, the apostle and also the disciple were not afraid. So they followed the instruction of Jesus going back to Jerusalem, regardless of danger. All right. The second one is, in verse 15, we know that how many of them, roughly? 120. So after they come going back to Jerusalem, they went upstairs to a room and then stayed there and prayed. So the room should be a big one because they can accommodate 150 people. All right. <clears throat> they joined all together constantly in prayer. Now, just think about it. Going back to Jerusalem was not an easy task. So going back there and gather in large number, 120 people in large number, all right? So they can be easily spotted. They can easily be reported to the authority. And also think about those 120 people. They are the 11 apostles. And also the women and 
brothers and mother of Jesus. So they were the core member of the sort of what we call the leadership. So they did not try to hide or avoid danger. They just gathered together and prayed. Now in today's what we call the protocol, <clears throat> do you know that for some government, that they won't allow all the leadership to travel together? All right, so say like for the president or the vice president, they won't travel together. So they travel separately. It's just to avoid any accident or terrorist attack. So if that happened, they will write up, write up the whole leadership. So there was a time actually for us, uh, remember years ago that when we <coughs> joined a tour to Israel. So basically three elders from our church and a few deacons from our church in, in that group. So we, I make joke with them. Uh, Reverend Colin, I said, pray hard that we won't have any accident, otherwise half the leadership will be gone. So in today's, so what we call the protocol, or security protocol, for the core membership or leadership won't travel together, or won't stay together. But here, 120 core members of Jesus joined together, stayed together, and prayed together. Constantly. Constantly means non-stop praying. So we can see that prayer actually is more like a very significant role in the story of church, particularly in the book of Acts. So the believer pray for the guidance or for uh, waiting for the, the coming or outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So they'll be waiting they continue to pray and wait and seek the guidance from <coughs> Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And by the time if we continue, when we continue to study or read the book of Acts, you will see that there's countless of stories that are about prayer and the work of the Holy Spirit. So virtually, the work of Holy Spirit and also prayer are not separable. They come together. They work together. So if we want to work with the Holy Spirit or want the Holy Spirit to work through us, so prayer is the key. Prayer is the key. When we look at those 120 people, they join together and pray together so that united in prayer. So the prayer in eagerness. Have you imagined or have you been to a prayer meeting? There were 120 people. Do you know the record of people united in prayer in our church? Have a guess? Now, I can... I can quite confident to say that won't be 120. So 120 is a large number. But those people join in prayer. 120 people. So if we don't pray, how can we communicate with the Holy Spirit? How can we communicate with God? How can Holy Spirit, God or Jesus work through us? 
Now, for me, when I talk about God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, they are the same. All right. So that's meaning of Trinity. So don't worry about what name I use. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. All right. So if we don't pray, how can we communicate and know that what Jesus wants us to do? So as you all know, our English congregation is looking for a pastor. How eager do we pray? Is there anything bothering you now? Is there anything that you have trouble? What is your prayer? So are we too scared to tell others that we are Christians sometimes? All right? Reluctant to act like a Christian. Worry about being singled out or being laughed at or making fun of if we tell people that we are Christians. So we, we think that we are not brave enough. We think that you know, we are not good enough. So in this section, the believer went back to Jerusalem and they prayed. They may be scared too, but they prayed and wait. And they pray in unity and non-stop. Have you prayed constantly? Have you prayed non-stop? Do you want to have courage or courage like this believer, like these people in, in the Acts? Do we want the Holy Spirit to work with me? work through me. Start with prayer. How's your prayer like? Is it constant? Is it just keep asking for things? Asking for what we want? Or are we asking for what God, God wants us? So have you spent time in a what we call a silence prayer or quiet prayer and wait and wait for God to speak to us. Do you still remember James Ailings once asked us? Have you heard about or have you heard the voice of God? How's it like? A male voice or a female voice? So full prayer, we seek the guidance from God. Full prayer, that God will grant us insight, idea, and sometimes in the form of scripture. But how do we know that all these are from the Holy Spirit? So let us see what happened to Peter in verse 15. So when they join in, joined together in prayer, something happened. Peter got the insight from the scripture and speak to that 120 people that um, praying with them. Some theologians believe that uh, Peter was inspired by the Holy Spirit to use the scripture from Psalms. So after Jesus breathed on them and in part, or in give them the Holy Spirit to 
um, to understand, open their mind to understand the scripture. So in John, that you can see that actually Jesus breathed onto the um, apostle and asked them to receive the Holy Spirit. Now you may ask that, you know, Holy Spirit come at, at, at a Pentecost, but I'll tell you later, right? And in Luke, that you can see that Jesus opened their minds, opened the, uh, some of the apostles' minds or believers' minds to understand the scripture. Now, it is true that the Holy Spirit come to believer in general at the Pentecost. But however, when we look at the Old Testament in book of John and uh, book of Luke as, as well, it was recorded uh, Jesus, God, whatever, and has inspired people uh, with Holy Spirit in different occasions for different or special purposes. Now, Peter used the verse from Psalm to tell that Judas used to be among themselves, among the 12 apostles. His fall and his terrible, gruesome end were not just accident. It was to fulfill the prophecy, which actually, um, in Psalm, that has illustrated so in verses 20a, he said, May his place be deserted, and let there be no one to dwell in it. It's actually from Psalm 69, chapter 69, verses 20, verse 25. He says, May their place be deserted, and let there be no one to dwell in their tent. He's talking about the field bought by Judas, the field of blood. That, mean, that, that field of blood. Nobody dwelt in it. So in the verse 20b, may another take his place of leadership. And actually it's from Psalm um, chapter 109 and verse 8. So you talk about Judas' apostle position will be replaced, will be taken up by somebody else. So the Holy Spirit worked with Peter through Scripture. The Holy Spirit inspired Peter with the scripture and helped him to understand the meaning of Psalm for him to speak to the group, telling them that, yes, Judas' incident is to fulfill the scripture. And also that we need to find a replacement for him. So, yes, it is true that the Holy Scripture worked through this, uh, the Holy Spirit worked through scripture. Help us to understand the scripture itself. And at the same time, the Holy Spirit used the scripture as a guide and guidance for us to tell whether all this insight, whether all this idea are actually from the Holy Spirit. So I'm, what I'm saying that is that because that there will be a lot of people come along and say, you know, I got the inspiration of the Holy the Holy Spirit to do this. Right? Particularly some of the, the couch leaders saying that, you know, I got all those insights. And even though for ourselves, sometimes we may come up with some idea, some insight. Particularly, you know, regarding ministry, regarding our future, and then we think about, what's that all about? Is it from the Holy Spirit or is it from ourselves only? So the scripture or the Bible 
is more like a god. So anything that is not compiled uh, or abounded with the teaching of the Bible, forget about it. It's not from the Holy Spirit. It's not from God. So we may not have all the answer um, you know, from the Bible for our daily living, but the Bible gives us some principle and guidance. So anything that we need to test is go through the scripture. So coming back to the movie, Indiana Jones, in the last crusade, what kind of cup Jesus may use? A golden one or a wooden one? Golden one? Wooden one? So you all watch the movie? Why is a wooden one? So actually, it was, it was told in the movie. <clears throat> so Jesus was the son of a carpenter. He was poor. We couldn't afford a golden cup. So that's why in the movie he's saying that you know, that's why Jesus used a wooden cup. In the movie, so there, there, there was some character she didn't know anything about you know, the biblical teaching. Think about you know, Jesus, king of kings, using the golden cup, make the wrong choice, most their life. That's in the movie. So if we don't know the Bible well, if we don't know the scripture well, we may not lose our life, don't worry. But we will be easily treated and fooled and get lost in our Christian life. And especially nowadays with all those information from the internet, so we have to prepare ourselves to filter what is right and what is correct and what is actually biblical teaching and what is not. And try to filter out all those false teaching. Particularly for those that they said that's the work of the Holy Spirit. So Bible is the only way to test whether those claim those teaching are actually from the Holy Spirit. Does anyone here like to read the manual for a new gadget? No? How do you learn how to use a new gadget? YouTube? Internet? YouTube, internet, right? But you still follow that kind of manual, but not in a written form. Bible is the manual for our Christian faith. Whether you read the Bible or whether you read it online, whether, how, how do you do it? Bible, scripture, is the only manual for Christian faith. It's the guideline and principle for our faith. So we need to equip ourselves to learn, to know, to study the Bible. So talking about preparing ourselves, we come to my last point of this sermon today about how to work with the Holy Spirit. 
after telling the fall of Judas, and Peter spoke about the need to choose a replacement. So he laid down some um, qualification, requirement, whatever you call it, for that potential candidate. So the candidate should be with them the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among them. And also the candidate should be a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So the requirement suggests that that candidate should have first-hand information of Jesus. Should know who Jesus was, his life, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection. And also it is because that the candidate should be with Jesus the whole time, from the beginning to the end, to his death and the resurrection. So the candidate should be have that kind of dedication and sacrifice to follow Jesus the whole three years. And then they select two candidates, Basabas and Matthias or Matthias, how do you call it? All right, they pray to the they pray to the Lord to look into their hearts, their hearts, both Basabas and Matthias, before they cast the lot. Now, in this case, casting the lot does not mean who is better than the other. It just means the choice of the Holy Spirit, the selection of the Holy Spirit. Now, you may ask, why, do they, why did they cast the lot? Do you know what's casting the lot? You know what's that? You know, just like playing some cards, pick the right one. All right, you got the number two, I got number one, pick which one number, that kind of thing. So casting the lot actually is quite, um, how should I say, it happened quite a few times actually in, 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 in the Bible, in, particularly in Old Testament. So we can see that in um, First Chronicles, Chronicles uh, chapter 24, verse, verse 31. So basically it's more like a way to um, seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit or God. So in the division of priests, they will cast lots. And for the duty of the musician, they will cast the lot. All right. And when Moses, when the Israelites go into, the, um, going into Canaan, when they tried, uh, no, no, this one, sorry. It, this is on the day of atonement, they'll cast a lot to find among two goats, which one is for the law and which one is for the scapegoat. All right. And when the Israel go into um, land of Canaan, so they'll cast the lot to divide the land among themselves. So that's in happened in Numbers, that happened in Joshua. Right. And then you, you ask, why don't we do it now? Why don't we do it now? Now at that time, that's before the Holy Spirit come to us in general. Right? So that's why they still rely on the old way of seeking the guidance from the Lord, the Holy Spirit. But after the Pentecost, the Holy Spirit come to us in general. So we, for each believer, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in our heart. 
So the Holy Spirit will be our guide. So we don't need that casting the more anymore. And as well, you can see that from this time onward, you couldn't find casting the Lord in the New Testament anymore. So it's not been mentioned. So it's become history. So that's why we don't do that anymore anymore. Because that, you know, we have the Holy Spirit in our heart. So we could see that both Barnabas and Matthias actually fulfilled the requirement listed by Peter. And both have good hearts. But by the end, it's the Holy Spirit to make that choice. Now when you read that this scripture, it's very, kind of very short, just saying that you know, Matthias was selected. And then we, there was no um, re- record of, so they have some kind of argument, or there was an appeal, or there was some kind of, oh, we have to cast the Lord again, or anything like that. So they just submit in prayer and ask the Lord to look in those people's heart and submit that to the Holy Spirit to make that decision. So those 120 people among those two candidates, they truly believe that the selection was the work of the Holy Spirit. So we have to prepare ourselves when we say well, we have to work with the Holy Spirit. Yes, we have to prepare ourselves. We have to equip ourselves in Scripture. And also, you know, even for these two candidates, they need to be, a, you know, they have the de- dedication to follow Jesus for three years. They have to be uh, the first-hand witnesses that for Jesus' death and resurrection. And also, of course, they should have kind of good character or sort of good character before they can be um, elected to be the candidate. So we, for us, we have to prepare ourselves. We have to particularly prepare our heart if we want to be work with the Holy Spirit or want the Holy Spirit to work for us. And also at the same time, with the trust that it is the work of the Holy Spirit, not us. So we can do our best, we can prepare our best, but by the end, there's something that beyond our control is not our part to do. And then we have to trust that is the work of the Holy Spirit. Again, is there anything troubling you? So we may worry about our future. We may worry about our study. Even though sometimes we may worry about our health. We may worry about our family, our work, our career. So we can, what we have to do, yes, we try everything, try our best to study hard, to look out after ourselves in terms of work, uh, health, all right, to maintain a good relationship with people. But there's still something that beyond our control. There's something that we cannot do because we're just human. And then we have to trust that is the work of the Holy Spirit.
Sometimes you may think that we are not good enough. You know, Holy Spirit won't work with us. Let's look at those two people in this scripture. Peter, before he stood up and spoke, he denied Jesus three times. Not good enough. Judas, worse, betrayed Jesus, had a gruesome death. But he, mysteriously, he fulfilled the prophecy. Now, don't ask me whether he's, he, he's saved or he's not. I don't know. It's a mystery. But he played a part in fulfilling the prophecy. Nobody in the Bible, so far all the story we study, except one person that's perfect. Nobody was perfect in the Bible. But they play a part in the Bible story. And they work with the Holy Spirit. Or the Holy Spirit work for them. Are you prepared? Have you equipped yourself? When we continue to study the book of Acts, we will see more and more and more stories about how the Holy Spirit worked with the believer and even worked with the non-believers. It is really an adventure movie. And I believe that when we continue to see the Holy Spirit work in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit will work through prayer, work through scripture, and work through people's faith and trust. Let's continue to read this book. Let's continue to watch this movie. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you that you have spoken. We pray that the Holy Spirit continue to work with us and through us. We pray that we'll listen, we'll see, we'll be touched. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.